Hey everyone, welcome to Ascent Online. Uh, you know, I got my little sander down here in the basement and actually this tool may be used not just for stairs, it may actually be used to tell us a little bit about our spiritual life with God, our maturity or our immaturity. I wanna tell you about that next. Well, good morning Ascent. Thank you so much for joining us on our online experience. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Maurice. I'm one of the teaching pastors here on staff. Today is just one of those days where I'm going to be interrupting you a lot. But in particular, right now, all I want to do is welcome you. Thank you for joining us. We never want to take that lightly because you mean a lot. But you joining us here means that we get to join each other and we get to join with God in something special. So however you receive the message today, however you receive worship today, do that whether that's walking down the street, whether that's kicking your feet up, whether that's putting in your AirPods, however that is, if you're working out right now, whatever that may look like, go ahead and do that. Prepare your hearts, prepare your minds, because we prepared this amazing Sunday with you in mind. So here's the thing. We want to start off with an amazing song. It's called Spirit of the Living God. Take a listen. Spirit of God, we recognize that you are wherever we find ourselves today watching. God, we know that your presence is near and we thank you, God, for that. So God, this is our time where we open ourselves to you. God, we ask that you would open our eyes to see you clearly. God, that you would open our hearts to feel you. God, you would open our ears to hear you, to hear your word, to hear your promises, to hear your encouragements, to hear your direction, God, today. We are open to you. The Spirit of the Living God fall afresh on me. Spirit of the Living God fall afresh on me. Thank you. 
It is Jim, and yeah, you found me down in my basement. I must really like you guys. Uh, this is actually the hallway down to my basement, and I want to tell you about a project that I'm doing uh, down here. And I, okay, you know how we guys who preach like this are. I actually think this basement has real implications. This project for our lives. Um, so, so here's what we're doing. Um, this is uh, the, the stairway down to our basement. And um, you guys, we had a major accomplishment. Um, we convinced my wife to let us turn the basement into Marvel Star Wars zone, okay? So um, let's just stop right there. That is a massive win uh, for the Candy Boys. So this whole basement, my, my son Mike has been working on it. He worked on the computer to figure out kind of what it could look like. And so uh, we've started the project. Now, here's the deal. You guys know, uh, those of you who do any kind of projects like this, you know you always run into problems. Well, we got our first problem on our hands here. So these are the old stairs, the 52-year-old house, the stairway down, it's kind of narrow. And what the previous owner did, because it was so narrow, is they, um, he took these um, rubber treads and he put them down along uh, the stairway here and they all, he lined them with this tape across the back. You can see there's just gunky old tape. So the problem is that now the tape is all the gunk from the tape is all over the stairs, right? So I've covered some of this up, but I mean, listen to that. You can. I can't even get it off back here. <laughs> it's, it's bad. So I, I got my work cut out for me trying to get uh, this off. And because and, um, we can't just paint over it. You can't just gloss over something that's, that's not right, that's gunky, that's, you know, it's like, it would be like stepping on a sap on a tree. Like we've got to make this smooth before we go ahead and paint it. And the only way I know how to do that, right, uh, is, is with this guy. Like, this is a state-of-the-art uh, $24 sander from Target, Black & Decker, right? And some of you like handy guys are looking right now going, just, just relax, okay? And you, you probably know, like you're probably thinking, well, you don't have to use a sander. You can use some kind of blah, blah, blah. Hey, this is my analogy. So just, just stop, okay? My analogy. So I'm gonna use this sander. And what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna work my way through and I am going to get every single stairway smooth. <sighs> now here's the thing. Isn't it ironic that if you wanna get something smooth, you've gotta apply something rough. If you want to get the character of the stair that you want, you've gotta do something with some grit. You've gotta take some grit and apply it to it. Guys, today I wanna to talk about that. And I, and I think this has a potential to change the way you think about your faith, the way you think about the relationships that you're in. If you're like me and most people, we try to seek the smoothest things out, just easy life. But here's the thing, in relationships, in our faith, often sometimes it can be the sandpaper 
that makes us into the person that God is calling us to be. So I'm going to actually go change out of this, and I'm going to talk some more about this. Uh, but before we do, I actually want you to hear the scripture that Maurice is going to read, and then I'm going to come back and explain it. Okay, everybody, we'll get back to Jim in a moment. We're continuing in a series called Life in Captivity. Today, we're looking at a book of Jeremiah and what Jeremiah had to say to an entire group of people. These people were taken away from where they were and exiled to an entirely different country. Some of it was super encouraging, the words that Jeremiah was speaking about, but some of it was not. In fact, some of it was really, really rough, just as rough as that sandpaper that Jim is using on the stairs. He had some hard things to say. Jeremiah had some tough truth that he also shared. Let me show you what I mean. Listen to some of the words Jeremiah had to say. Oh, Israel, says the Lord, if you wanted to return to me, you could. You could throw away your detestable idols and stray away no more. Then when you swear by my name, saying, as surely as the Lord lives, you could do so with truth, justice and righteousness. Then you would be a blessing to the nations of the world and all people would come and praise my name. Verse three, this is what the Lord says to the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts. Do not waste your good seed among thorns, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Surrender your pride and power. Change your hearts before the Lord or my anger will burn like an unquenchable fire because of all your sins. God's unquenchable fire and anger over sin. <laughs> you guys, those are tough words. So here's Jeremiah, this prophet, and he is just absolutely giving the people really tough feedback. I mean, this is challenging stuff. So my question is to you, um, what do you do with that? The, the people back then did not receive this well, right? I mean, this is like, this is the sander coming with some tough words to say. How did they respond? Yeah, not so great. But the question is, how do we respond? I want you to think for a second, do you have somebody in your life who's like sandpaper? Somebody who has uh, feedback for you, criticism for you, hard words for you. How do we respond to that? I, I, in my experience, we respond one of two ways. We either kind of crater, you know, like, oh man, just a feeling of shame comes over us and we can't handle criticism. We can't handle words like what Jeremiah said to the people. Or we fight. You know, I mean, that's the other option is like, okay, that, you, you punch me, it's throwdown time. Right, that's where some people go with feedback uh, as well. Karen, uh, my wife and I had this funny thing a few months ago. She said to me, I've got you figured out. I said, bring it. She said, I, I've got to tell on you. I'm like, what is it? She says, whenever you're uncomfortable, you clear your throat like this. <clears throat> and I'm like, <clears throat> no, I don't. She's like, no, no, you clear your throat. You just did it. Every time you get uncomfortable, you clear your throat. And I'm like, <clears throat> no, I don't. In fact, maybe I just have something in my throat, Karen, right? And we ended up getting in a fight over whether or not clearing my throat means that I'm uncomfortable with something. I didn't really like that feedback. And that's minor, 
There are way more challenging pieces of feedback that we get. Um, I actually had a very dear friend of mine give me extremely hard feedback lately. This person sat me down and in an extremely loving way said to me, Jim, I sometimes feel like I am only as important to you as I am useful to you. Well, think about that. I mean, basically he said, uh, I, you know, am I only your friend because there's some benefit to you? That is tough feedback. What do you do with that? What do you do with sandpaper like that? Tough feedback that grates really on the gunk on our souls. Uh, there's a verse in Proverbs that I want to show you that is an interesting one. It says in Proverbs 12:1, to learn you must love discipline. So in some other translations it says you must love understanding. And then it goes on and it says, it is stupid to hate correction. So my mom taught me that the word stupid is kind of a harsh word. So I, to be really transparent, I read this verse and I went, you know, I'm going to look around at some other common translations. Maybe I can soften this a little bit. Um, stupid to hate correction? I couldn't find any other word. In fact, stupid is the word that was used in every single one of them. It is stupid to hate correction. The people, in this context, people during Jeremiah's day were foolish. They were stupid to ignore his words. I think I might do the same if I don't listen to my friend's words. Uh, I, in my relationships, I kind of sometimes I think what this boils down to is we've got to make up our minds. What do we want from our relationships with other people? When, when it comes to this question about feedback, do we just want to be praised? Everybody loves that. Do we just want praise? Just tell me how great I am. Or, here's the second option. Do we want to grow? Do you want to be praised? Or do you want to grow? If you want to grow, maybe we don't fight. Maybe we don't crater. Maybe we actually try to listen, to open our ears, to hear it. Sometimes the feedback's right. Sometimes it's not. But do we listen? Or do we just, as soon as we see sandpaper in our lives, we back away and the sandpaper never hits the gunk of our soul and our souls just stay sticky and gunky? Guys, we've got to come into contact with prophetic voices like you see here in Jeremiah if we are going to grow. Jesus was the master of this. You guys know that. Jesus was so graceful and loving and forgiving, all of that. And he always told the truth. In fact, in John 1, it says he came from the Father full of grace, right? Unmerited gift. We love that about him. But you know what else we love about him that makes the grace matter? He came full of grace and truth. The dude always told the truth. He was honest. He was sometimes sandpaper for people. Uh, there's this great story where Jesus was actually telling his followers, the disciples, he's telling them, here's what's going to happen. Here's how this is going to go. I'm going to be taken. They are going to take me and they are going to kill me, murder me, nail me to a cross. But three days later, I am going to rise again from the dead. The disciples actually didn't like that. The disciples had a different idea in mind. And in fact, Peter, one of them, pulls Jesus aside and says, not on my watch. I mean, he basically says, heaven forbid that this should ever happen. 
Look at what Jesus says to him. This is in Matthew chapter 16. He says, he, he turns to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. He calls him Satan. Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. That is some serious feedback, you guys. I mean, I, and some of you guys know that um, passage. Here's what you may not realize. We sometimes stop there. That's, that seems like enough feedback, right, for the moment. Jesus actually put his foot on the gas. Look at the next passage. Jesus turned to his disciples and said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross, right? The cross is a symbol of death, a symbol of losing your life uh, during this time period in the New Testament. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything more worth more than your soul? Jesus poured it on, you guys. So how did Peter respond? Like, did he go crater mode? Did he fight back? Uh, I can tell you what I would have done. I would have taken my thumb. If Jesus called me Satan, I would have taken my thumb. I would have put it in my mouth. I would have curled up in the fetal position, honestly, and sat there for like four days just going, like, can you imagine that moment, that kind of feedback from Jesus? Whew. We actually don't know how Peter responded. Uh, we do know that six days later, he went on a camping trip with Jesus. So somehow Jesus had this ability to share that kind of thing and um, at the same time still retain the relationship. He was full of grace and he was full of truth. And incidentally, some of us, you know, if we're all truth and no grace and you're wondering, looking around going, where are all my friends? You know, if you're all grace and no truth, then, you know, maybe your friends aren't really benefiting from that. Jesus was this, like, incredible blend of, like, forgiveness and truth, 100% of both. That's what makes him so beautiful. And so the question again is, how will we respond sometimes to the truth that's hard, that's like sandpaper, that's like what Jeremiah said to the people? Guys, are we going to want to be praised, or do we want to grow. Uh, in my experience, and this is where I struggle the most, I will often fight back uh, when I receive challenging words. And as I've gotten older, I've started to realize, you know, where that comes from, it sometimes looks like arrogance in people. If you see somebody fight back, oh, that's not me, you know, you see people fight back. Um, it can look like arrogance. I'm convinced uh, it is insecurity. And you know why I know that? that's me. Like, that's what I know to be true about myself. Uh, we can be insecure, and that can be a big reason. We actually don't respond well, and we choose not to grow. We choose to want praise instead of growth. Uh, or it could be we actually don't know ourselves very well. And so, you know, this is us, we don't know ourselves, and then here comes some kind of feedback into our life, right? Some sort of sandpaper or critical word, 
and they say something. And since we don't know ourselves, we have no way of processing that. We haven't done the hard work with God to really understand how has he gifted us? How has he not gifted us? And so when that feedback comes in, we're not able to look at it and say, you know what, actually, there's nothing more freeing than looking at somebody and saying, you're so right. That is totally me. I am working on that, but that is an area where I can grow, right? That's a, that's a self-aware person. That's a spiritually mature person. Or they can look at it and say, you know, that's interesting feedback. I don't know that I've experienced myself that way and I haven't heard that before, but I'll tell you this, I'm going to ask some other folks, ask some other people about that because I want to know myself. I want to grow. I don't just want to be praised. I want to grow. My ears are open. I want to listen. You guys, I can tell you this, when someone does not receive feedback well, it is an absolute sure sign of spiritual immaturity. There is no question about it. The failure to receive feedback is the sign of a spiritually immature person. And I only know that because that is so often me. Here's what I want to do. Uh, I want you to hear from Mo here for just a moment, and I'm going to be back, and I'm going to give you three really concrete steps that I want you to try. So here's Mo. Okay, okay, okay. I know you're tired of me, but I got two important things I got to give to you right now. October 4th. Yes, I'm going to say it again. October 4th. This date is so special. Mark it in your calendar, put a note on your phone, whatever that looks like. Not only are we starting a new series that we are so compelled and compassionate about, but we also understand the times that we're in. As it gets a little bit more snowy, as it gets a little bit more cold, that brings a little bit more of us hunkering down in our homes. And yes, that can bring a little bit more isolation. We understand that some of us are already watching the sermon, but we wanna make sure that that's happening in relationship with others. So our sermons, our content, the questions that we're going to be providing is going to be for people to walk through together. So as we go through this content, as we go through some of the things that we're going to be facing, this is a special date that's going to be setting the tone for the rest of the year, in my opinion. So every single person we are encouraging to be a part. We understand that it's not only valuable for us, but it's a, such a huge value for every single one of us. Go to our website to find more information, to be a part of that, and yes, possibly to even lead one of those. Some of you are thinking, what does that even look like? Well, we can answer those questions, but just to let you know, that's probably with you. If you're already watching a sermon, if you're already doing some of the things that we're talking about, why not do that with someone else? Why not grow in relationship with other people that are around you? This is so, so important, and October 4th is gonna set the tone for all of that. So go to that website, it's on your screen, and you can choose the two options that's on the website. That's number one. Number two, last week, I mentioned uh, giving, uh, uh, some things around giving. Now I gotta clear it up because my words that I said last week in particular were, we have five people that give to Ascent. What a mess up. <laughs> we have a few more people than just five that give to Ascent. What I meant was, that we have five new families that are giving to Ascent. This is something that we celebrate. This is something that is special to us because you are putting your hand in the middle to be a part of the mission and vision of Ascent and this community. All the things that we do, the way that we bless the city, the way that we do all the things, this is not just us, this is all of us. So we hope that you consider giving and continue to give. The ways that you can do that is on your screen. 
and we hope that you will do that and pray about continue to be a part of the mission here at Ascent. Here and now, I'm done, all right? We're gonna get back to Jim and hope you continue to enjoy your service. All right, I wanna give you three ideas, really concrete ideas. How do we grow in this? How do we become the kind of people that can hear and have sandpaper in our lives and actually seek to grow from it? Um, guys, there's no better time than right now for us to become the kind of people who are growing in who we are in Jesus. Um, man, especially with everything going on in the world, okay? Obviously, people don't know how to receive feedback well, and we see that every day on social media, in the news, and everything else. What if we were a different kind of people? Here's number one. The first thing is, I want you to ask yourself a question. Where is your identity found? If we don't find our identity in who God says we are, despite our flaws, that we're loved, then when we hear something about ourselves that's negative and we haven't defined ourselves by what God thinks we are, man, we will either crater or we'll be infuriated. Okay, that's where that comes from. So how do you find your identity in Jesus? The only way you do that is, and I'll tell you, whether you're brand new to this or you've been around uh, Christianity, the faith, for years and years and years, Find time to spend with God alone. And if you're new, it could start with just a very little prayer. Uh, but if you've been around a while, how, getting away, taking time, open up a journal, talking to God, asking God to define who you are, feeling that sense of grace and truth from Jesus, that'll change your life and you find your identity there, then you're not crushed. You're not taken when some, some other kind of um, word comes your way that's challenging. Guys, find your identity in Christ. That's number one. Number two is, I want you to read this book, okay? Uh, this book is called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Um, it is fantastic by Peter Scazzaro. I would love for you guys to get it, your hands on this book, read it. Um, I don't know if you can see this or not, but it's just, it, it says it's impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. I love that. And there's this image of an iceberg and the majority of the iceberg is underwater. And so the way we respond to feedback can be just that little tip that we see on the top but it's a sign of something that is so deep that's under the surface about how we respond to things in life. You guys, I don't know a better book that helps you process, how do I get, how did I get where I am now? And then how can I move forward in my life with God and my emotional and spiritual maturity? Fantastic book, okay? Number three, and I'd love for you to do this. You guys, don't make the mistake of not signing up for a core group. So we're gonna start on October 4th, we're gonna have a fantastic series that we start. And we are asking every single person in our church to get in a core group during that time. You hear a ton about that, and there's gonna be ways to sign up uh, coming up, I believe starting next weekend. You guys, I hope you'll take advantage of that. Um, we can't grow if we're not around other people. So in the same way that we've gotta find time with Jesus, that is just us with God, defining ourselves with God, that actually allows us to enter back into community, back into receiving. And sometimes, obviously, those things can be challenging. I want to just say something to you. If you're thinking about a core group, you're like, man, I've tried one of those before, and it, it, people have always told me it's the greatest thing you'll ever do, and mine was not great. 
Um, you're right. Often being in community is really challenging. It's tough. And um, so it, we don't want to say that this is going to be the greatest relational thing you ever do. It may be a challenge, and it's a necessary challenge. And so October 4th, uh, you guys, I, we, Bill and I are praying that every single person in our church makes the decision to get into a core group just for four to six weeks as we go through a series together. I hope you will take advantage of that. Uh, so guys, that's the end of my time, but we are going to have a time where we sing to God, pour out our hearts to God. I'm going to pray for us, and Becky is going to lead us uh, right now. And so I hope that you will spend these next few minutes talking to God about what you've heard here. What's he saying to you? What's the Spirit calling you to do next? So Lord, we pray that uh, we would do just that, that we would listen to you, uh, that your voice would speak to us. Even, God, if it's a voice that can sometimes be more truth than grace or feel that way, we pray that our ears would be open uh, and that we would want to grow in you. So, God, these next few moments, we pray that that will happen, that we'll reflect, that we'll listen, and that you uh, will speak to us. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Walking around these walls I thought by now
Ephesians 4, 15 through 16 says, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. All right, Sam, well, we've been teaching the song, and it speaks just to that. We have a God who wants us to have life that flourishes, so we invite you to join us as we lift our voices. It goes like this. I search the world, but it couldn't fail me. And man's empty praise and treasures of faith. Today 
what an amazing Sunday this has been. We hope to see you next week and don't forget October 4th, new series, core groups, and yes, a time to grow together. We hope to see you next week. Dad. Dad. Mom just told me that she wants you to carpet the stairs instead. Oh, come on.